This is Still Standing with Michael Caputo, episode 23. Coming up on today's show, I'll talk about my recent encounter with uh, Andrew McCabe, the disgraced former FBI deputy director in the studio of Anderson Cooper 360, AC 360 on CNN. And I'll get you ready for the imminent release of the Mueller report. All that and more on the way on Still Standing. No talking points, no spin. It's politics you can't put down. This is Still Standing with Michael Caputo. Hi, it's Michael Caputo again for Still Standing. That's stillstandingpodcast.com. You can catch my weekly audio and video there and uh, pretty frequent po- uh, blog posts as well. Uh, we're supported by uh, our listeners at patreon.com. Uh, we consider our most generous uh, uh, contributors, our executive producers like Darcy Swenson, George Noonan, Sonia Carlin, Thomas Fulton, Daniel Markey, Stephen Flaminio, Jerry Brown, Samantha Lynn, Brian Pazdersky, Jack Bromwich, uh, Jordan Gastomes, uh, Susan Stevens, Patty Freeland, and John Seyfert. John, thank you so much for your generosity. And, of course, Julie and Rachel, all of our executive producers for Still Standing. Um, what a crazy week it's been. Crazy for me. Um, you know, I'm caught up in this this whole Mueller investigation, this Senate and House Russia investigations, all the bogus Trump-Russia inquiries that are going on. I've been called to testify before the Senate Intelligence Committee, the House Intelligence Committee. I was interrogated by the, uh, by the Mueller team as a witness, always a witness, never a subject or a target, which is important. I know the leftists out there who get a real kick out of wishing death and other things on people that don't agree with their politics. Um, They want to think of me as some kind of a target, but I've always been a witness. But as you know, um, I do uh, a fair amount of national television commentary. I'm on CNN a lot, Fox as well, sometimes on MSNBC. I like Ari Melber's show and Katie Turr's show. And, uh, but I do a lot of CNN. I do because I really like Anderson Cooper, uh, Chris Cuomo's show, uh, I think is really uh, a powerful show. I don't agree with these guys on things, but I, I like being on shows with people I don't agree with. I also do Jake Tapper's state of the union on the occasional Sunday. Um, and I'm usually there in a panel where it's two or three against one, uh, (laughs) which I consider fair. What the heck? Right. But this week, well, I mean, I was on Anderson Cooper last Friday night and then Monday night from Buffalo in a small studio out in the countryside here. And then uh, they invited me in on Tuesday night to fly me to New York. I always invo- enjoy, I'd rather be in studio than uh, uh, you know, from a remote studio like Buffalo. I just, it's a, it's a better experience. You get more time to talk and and I enjoy spending time uh, when it comes to with the hosts, Anderson Cooper and Chris and uh, Jake. You know, they don't agree with me on a lot, but they're good guys. And their production teams are all, I mean, just real professional. I know a lot of people don't like CNN. I, I get why the president calls it fake news. I don't like 
that, uh, you know, uh, that there's a lot of antagonism between the two and Jim Acosta and the president going at each other. Um, I don't think Acosta's uh, doing any uh, anything good for the network by trying to make a show out of himself at the White House press conferences. But this week, uh, I was invited to fly into New York to be in studio when they had, well, of course, uh, Andrew McCabe, the disgraced former deputy director of the FBI. Uh, he's been making the rounds because his book came out this week. Um, you know, he was fired for lying four times, fired by Obama appointees over at the Department of Justice, or at least recommended for firing. The the de- the uh, the uh, attorney general actually fired him, attorney general, deputy attorney general. Um, fired for lying four times, three times under oath, which is a crime. And uh, yeah, he wrote a book about it. You know, he's angry, mad at Donald Trump, very clearly, very clearly a Democrat. I know he claims that he's not, uh, you know, but and he's not political, but he's about as political as they get. And I consider this McCabe guy to be patient zero in the epidemic of Trump derangement syndrome. You know, kind of the the index case, the first person to come down with the illness. And then, of course, you know, he uh, he passed it on to everybody else because it is, of course, truly, truly uh, contagious. We know that the Department of Justice and the FBI spied on U.S. citizens with false warrants. We know the DOJ and FBI gave a pass to Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. And then they investigated our campaign, Trump's presidential campaign, on the basis of unverified evidence that the Hillary campaign gave them. And then they illegally leaked information on all these investigations, DOJ and FBI. In all four of those instances, Andrew McCabe is is patient zero for every bit of it. He did all four of those things. Spied with false warrants, gave a pass to Hillary, investigated Trump, and then leaked and lied about it. Uh, And, you know, this is really what has started and caused all the problems for my family, for my business, for my children, for my wife. And when I was invited to go on Anderson Cooper to fly in and be in studio when Andrew McCabe was going to be there, of course, I couldn't turn that down. Would you? I mean, think about it. Roger Stone, you know, Paul Manafort, Carter Page, uh, George Papadopoulos, all these people, one by J.D. Gordon, Waleed Ferris, you know, per, you know, there are dozens of people who have been called in, cost them tens of thousands of dollars, me, deep into six figures, uh, to hire attorneys, all because Andrew McCabe uh, didn't like who got elected president. You know, Andrew McCabe, of course, and others, Jim Comey, I'm sure there are a whole, there's a whole league of people, Lisa Page, Peter Strzok, who did not like Donald Trump and thought it was something that they themselves could remedy, right? You know, we know Andrew McCabe was discussing with Rod Rosenstein uh, illegally uh, recording the president's conversations. We know that they were talking about the 25th Amendment to try to remove the president with a majority vote and the support of the vice president, uh, majority vote of the cabinet, uh, the 25th Amendment, Section 4. And then when that all didn't work out, they went ahead and, and appointed Robert Mueller. So 
I consider this to be the cause of what's happened to me and my family and all of my friends for the last two years. Imagine, among all those people who this has affected, I'm the only one that gets the chance to actually spend time face-to-face with Andrew McCabe. Now, I jumped at the chance. I told the producers from AC360 that I would definitely do it. No question. Now, uh, the CNN building at, at Columbus Circle in New York, you know, it's an hour flight from Buffalo. They, you know, they pay for the flight, you know. They put you in steerage with the rest of the cattle, and they they actually take in a car to a hotel because I can't get back and forth in one day because um, uh, by the time I get out of Anderson Cooper, it's tough to catch a flight back to Buffalo, uh, especially when you get into that New York traffic. But so I end up they end up putting me at a hotel. It's all expenses paid. There's no money in it. I love the my critics who hate seeing me on television who cry to CNN all the time about how I need to be fired. How could they hire me? They don't pay me. I do it out of commitment to the president of the United States. I don't think that he's defended well enough or often enough on CNN. There are solid Steve Cortez, chief among them, solid defenders of the president. Uh, I love David Urban, uh, very good. Uh, both of those gentlemen, Steve Cortez and David Urban, friends of the president. Um, they do great work defending him. But I, you know, there need to be more. David and Steve can't do it all. I know them both well. They're very busy people. They have very successful businesses. They actually get paid, and they're good at it. But so I decided, well, what a unique opportunity to actually perhaps meet McCabe. I knew they were going to do a record. I mean, they were going to do a live interview with McCabe before I got on. Uh, and I knew that I wouldn't really be in in studio on the air with him. Boy, would that have been fun. I don't think they would have liked exactly what I said to him. But at the same time, I would be in, you know, the AC360 area. They have a couple of different green rooms where they where people, panelists and people are on the air, would, uh, would be uh, waiting to go on. They call them green rooms. And, of course, I would probably have an opportunity to at least see and meet, maybe even speak with Andrew McCabe. Um, so I got there. I flew me in. I got there. I came in early in case McCabe came in early, and of course he did. Um, they put him in a VIP green room. Listen, I, I was in Anderson Cooper's house. I was a guest of CNN. I'm not a paid contributor. I'm a guest, and I'm not going to treat people badly. I've had a few difficulties there, um, chiefly with Brian Fallon, uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, chief campaign spokesman, who I consider to be also a progenitor, also one of the causes of these problems my family has had. We exchanged some words, but there was, of course, just words. I, and I shouldn't have done that. That was several months ago, several weeks ago at least. And I wasn't going to do it with McCabe. I wasn't going to dis, dis, you know, disrespect Anderson and his staff and their hospitality. But I wanted the chance to meet him and... I, I noticed that uh, all the other panelists that I was on with, including, uh, 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 you know, um, oh my gosh, how can I how can I forget the people that I was on with? Of course, I was on with with Anderson, and uh, uh, you know, all the other panelists that I was on with, they actually went over to the VIP green room with Andrew McCabe. I could have done the same while waiting to go on the air. 
But I didn't. Um, I didn't want to make people nervous. There, there are great people there. This woman named Danelle, one of the senior producers. She, I, I felt like, you know, she didn't want me to go in. She didn't tell me she didn't want me to go in, but I just stayed away. I didn't really feel like a, a, a lengthy conversation with McCabe was going to go anywhere good, anywhere that, uh, where I would keep a respectful tone. But I knew at some point I would see him. Um, it was uh, an incredible opportunity. He went on, and I'm sitting there in the green room watching him uh, and just listening to him and the things he was saying. The guy is so clearly a congenital liar. All the way at the cellular level, he is dishonest. All the way to the point where he actually called the president a Russian asset. It's comic. It's comedy to me. The president is no more a Russian asset than Andrew McCabe is the Queen of England, right? I mean, look, I found out that McCabe is actually pretty short, like 5'5", which is about the same height as the Queen of England. And uh, we've known that FBI directors in the past have worn dresses. J. Edgar Hoover was fond of cross-dressing. And we've never seen the Queen of England and Andrew McCabe together. They could be the same person. That's about the kind of evidence that McCabe has that the, pre the president is some kind of Russian asset. He's a liar, this McCabe guy. But I wanted to meet him. Now, we lined up on my the panelist, Gloria Borger, now that I remember. My gosh, she's... I like her. I've known her for a lot of years. I used to work with her in the House of Representatives. I think she was with U.S. News in those days. And, uh, uh, you know, we all lined up. There's a little bottleneck uh, to get into the studio uh, where, you know, you almost have to walk sideways for people who are going the other direction. You have to, like, sidle up, scoot through. And when uh, when one interview is over and the next one's, you know, the panel has got to get in there, it's a quick changeover. There is, it's like, boom, you know, the previous interview, the VIP interview goes out, you go in, you get caught in this bottleneck. And, uh, of course, there I am with my fellow panelists. And uh, who's coming out, of course, but Andrew McCabe. Now, he was in there with uh, his lawyer, Michael Bromwich, who, as you if you know his name, he's the lawyer for Christine Blasey Ford. You remember him in front of the Senate panel, the bearded guy. And uh, there was a more. There were more people in McCabe's entourage, probably PR people. I think his wife was there. I, I think I recognized her. But anyway, they're kind of scooting through, and we got to a point in this little bottleneck, you know. And and uh, and McCabe was right in front of me, the man who put my my family in harm's way, the man who started all these problems, two years of harassment and 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 financial difficulties for my family, the, the, the things that they did to destroy two years of my children's lives, all started with Andrew McCabe. And there he is, stuck in this bottleneck right in front of me, his nose right about my sternum level. We're really close, and uh, you know, close enough where I could speak at a low volume. And I said, Agent McCabe, and he looked up at me. And I said, boy, I wanted to say something else. But I said, I'm praying for you and your family and especially your children. And it kind of shocked him. I think he recognized me. Bromwich definitely did. I think McCabe expected me to say something like, to hell with you, you know. <laughs> but I didn't. I told him I was praying for him. I think that really disturbed him. Not sure. Maybe it didn't. Um, I thought it would be satisfying 
it wasn't. You know, I'm Italian. I'm really angry at this guy. I really wanted to say something with more of an edge to it. I wouldn't have, you know, arm wrestled him or nothing. I, but I wanted to tell him what was on my mind. And when I talked to my priest over at Immaculate Conception here in our little village of East Aurora, I asked him, what do I do when I meet these people? I want to punch them. You know, I want to do something. I can tell you, I am up at night oftentimes worried about my family, where we're going to go next as my business was destroyed and our income levels were just dropped into the, into the bucket. Um, a lot of late nights wondering what I would do if I ever met Andrew McCabe. It was not as satisfying to tell him that I was going to pray for him. And also, oh, by the way, and now gave me an assignment, you know, because now I got to pray for the guy and his family. <laughs> but that's, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I, it was good to meet him. It was good to understand uh, the, the, you know, the, the person who started all of this. It was good to watch him in action, to see him face to face, to actually watch him get his makeup, by the way. <laughs> um, I don't think a lot of people get that opportunity. None of the people who he damaged with his treachery, nobody else gets that opportunity but me. I probably could have used it more with more, you know, bravado. I probably could have used it with more you know, maybe I would have made news, but I think I would have disrespected Anderson, Cooper, and Donnell, and Carrie, and all the people over there, you know, uh, who, uh, Brooke, all the people who who treat me with respect, and, and, and uh, I would have really disrespected their their show. So I, I just told McCabe I'm praying for him and his family. Now, mind you, I'm not a big preachy guy. I was raised, uh, you know, a, a, a Baptist. Baptized the Catholic as a baby. I came back to the Catholic Church in 2000. I go to Mass every week. I try very hard to be a good man. I fail. I fail a lot. A lot. I do. I try to improve my behavior when I realize that I've done someone wrong. I guess that's a Christian thing to do. But I hope McCabe understood that there was more that I wanted to say. But that the Christian thing to do, the right thing to do, was to tell him, I'm praying for him. Because what my family went through, is going through, what my children went through, my understanding is he's the target of an investigation of his own. And I think his family is in for some of the same treatment, except he's actually a target. I've just been a witness. An interesting experience. I got back to the hotel across from CNN. I didn't sleep. Got up really early to get a flight back home. I had a lot of work to do here uh, in my office outside of Buffalo. Got a 7 o'clock flight. That meant getting up at 4.30 in, in my hotel. I don't think I slept 45 minutes. I just, my mind was racing afterward. What else could I have said? And really, there's nothing else I could have said. What would you have said? I suppose I could have said more. But I wouldn't have been proud of myself. I think my wife is proud of me, and that's the most important thing. And Father Bob, over to Immaculate Conception, he'll be proud of me. I took his advice. I don't always take his advice, but his advice, his advice is always good. I feel like I'm protected by my faith, by my family, and by my friends. 
And I think Andrew McCabe should be praying himself. Well, check it out. I'll be right back after these messages here on Still Standing. That's stillstandingpodcast.com. Still standing. Please remain standing. We'll be right back. So it looks like Attorney General Bill Barr, new on the job, still there, what, now a week? He's getting ready to announce, maybe even next week, uh, the end of the uh, the Russia investigation. Special Counsel Robert Mueller is done, at least with the investigation part. And Barr is not going to, according to news reports, who knows if these are true, but they're looking to be true. Uh, these look to be confirmed reports. Uh, they're not going to submit the entire report. The Barr's team at the Department of Justice is going to put together a summary and uh, and submit that to Congress. This is about as clear an indication we've gotten yet that Mueller's almost done. And that's, that's great as far as I'm concerned. Uh, my family, we've been on hold for two years just as a witness in this jackpot. But we don't know uh, when this report is going to be submitted to Barr and whether Barr's announcement uh, or, you know, of his, uh, his summary is coming. It's, it's probably going to take them a bit of time over at Justice to prepare the summary of this report. I'm sure the report is pretty extensive. Two years, dozens and dozens of interviews, uh, what, $50 million spent? But, you know, Donald Trump is actually on his way overseas for a summit with Kim Jong-un, the North Korean dictator. So I'm quite sure Bill Barr, who served in the spot as attorney general before, is going to try not to interfere with that. We've seen some, seen some announcements out of the uh, Mueller investigation, cleverly timed for when the president was overseas. I don't think you're going to see that uh, during the term of Bill Barr, an attorney general. So his trip is probably going to impact the timing of when we hear anything. And, uh, of course, we have the special counsel's office and, and the attorney general. They're not saying anything about this on the record, uh, but CNN, NBC, ABC, New York Times, Washington Post, they're all reporting it out as veritable fact. And we know from, the, uh, from uh, Bill Barr's um, confirmation hearings in the United States Senate that he wants to be transparent as possible about this. And, uh, and he wants to follow all of the, the norms and rules of releasing this thing. I'm sure there's a lot of confidential and uh, national security information in the, the full investigatory report out of the special counsel's office. So this summer is probably necessary, uh, but it's not going to be it's not going to be satisfactory. I mean, it's really not going to be enough for the people who are suffering so greatly from Trump derangement syndrome. Oh, you know that. I mean, the people who have applauded Bob Mueller for two years and talked about how important it was that we, you know, that he be allowed to do his work, that we protect him from the Trump administration, that uh, he's going to find all the terrible things that were done by the people involved in the Trump campaign, all of this, you know, uh, these people are starting to turn on Mueller. We see 
um, a, a representative Schiff, the chairman, the Democrat, the uh, Democrat chairman of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, complaining that that Mueller never really did a good job looking at uh, at uh, President Trump's businesses. My, you know, never mind that the businesses are uh, have nothing to do with Russian collusion that never existed. But then I saw a tweet from Rob Reiner. Remember him from uh, from. Uh, all in the family. He was meathead on All in the Family. Of course, a, a top-notch producer in Hollywood now, a reliable leftist who is about as crazy as they come when it comes to this Russia investigation. He sent a tweet late last night. Well, not late, you know, right after dinner last night. And the tweet said, from what I understand about the complexities, opaqueness, and length of counterintelligence investigations, I'd be surprised if Mueller was able to uncover the breadth of this conspiracy. More digging will have to be done. But there will be crimes, and we better get to see them. Of course, we're, you know, Mueller and his team were not going to be able to get to the bottom of this, according to newly found expert Rob Reiner, right? Not with his dozen-plus uh, prosecutors, uh, crack Yale law graduates, with their love of Hillary Clinton and their hatred for Donald Trump. Not the, gosh, I don't even know how many FBI agents. I, I don't, I mean, the FBI agents I met when I was interrogated by the Mueller team, pretty sharp guys, uh, nice enough, just there doing their job. God, how many were there? God, I mean, I, I heard tell over a dozen, probably more. There, Every individual uh, prosecutor has two of them assigned to them, I think. There were two assigned to my interview. If these guys can't get to the bottom of it, then you know nobody can, according to Rob Reiner. I'd be surprised if Mueller were able to uncover the breadth of this conspiracy. Listen, meathead, we weren't able to conspire with the deli across the street from Trump Tower. We were running and gunning with about one-fifth the staff that we needed to run a presidential campaign, to run the leading Republican presidential campaign. There was absolutely no possible way that this ever happened, this vast conspiracy in your mind. Reiner thinks that more digging will have to be done, and that is going to be the mantra of the left. The mantra. What Mueller did over two years with $50 million plus dollars and dozens and dozens of experts in investigation, that wasn't enough digging. More digging's got to be done. That is basically code for, please get moving on this, Chairman Schiff over at the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, which has about one one hundredth of the resources that the special counsel had. Can you believe that Reiner and the rest are going in this direction? I can tell you, I've expected it all along. The Mueller investigation was never going to be enough. This Trump derangement syndrome, the advanced stages like Meathead and others, now they're going to resort to hallucinations. They're going to start painting pictures of how Trump, you know, and the Trump campaign were conspiring all along. And we were doing it so cleverly that not the FBI, not the DOJ, none of the best of the best of the investigators in the United States could figure it out. Of course, that's complete bullshit. But it's, you know, two years of Mueller wasn't enough. They wanted this to go on for five or six for seven years, certainly until 2020, when they think Donald Trump is going to be defeated. 
And of course, Reiner says there are definitely going to be crimes and we better get to see them. What does that mean? What does Meathead want here? What he's saying, I think, is that the summary better be, well, not a summary. <laughs> the summary better be comprehensive, that we better be able to see all the crimes, not just the ones that are being prosecuted, but the ones they choose not to prosecute. Like, for example, the original leak from the Obama White House that led to General Flynn getting in trouble. Remember that? December of 2016. Uh, national security information leaked to the Washington Post by a national security official at the Obama White House. That crime has not been charged. Not even sure if it's even been investigated. But, you know, that's not the crime that Meathead's talking about. That's not the crime that the, the malignant, you know, advanced stage Trump derangement syndrome victims are talking about. So what's going to come next week? It's, clearly, it's not going to please Rob Reiner. It's not going to please, let's say, Renato Mariotti and all the CNN commentators who are completely convinced that Donald Trump is a Russian asset, as much of an idiotic statement as that is. What's it going to look like? I don't know. I, I'd like to put a, put a poll, not a poll, what do you call it? A, a pool up. See how many pages the summary is going to be. And how quickly it's leaked. It'll be out. I think it'll be in the media's hands before it's even opened by many of the, the leading members of Congress who will be briefed on it. So we'll all see it pretty soon. But what does the end of the Mueller investigation really mean? I don't think it means all that. And let me tell you something. It means a lot to my family. Uh, we can press play on our lives again. We've been on pause for two years. The financial destruction to me and my family has been profound. I have to rebuild our entire life. My business, you know, a public relations agency, which has been in business for 16 years, is virtually destroyed. Hard to get new clients when you're being called a traitor regularly on uh, national television, network, television networks by fools like Rob Reiner. You know, but, you know, it'll pass for us. We're still standing, you might say. But what will it mean for Donald Trump? There are dozens and dozens of House investigations now. And, and you know the Russia investigation, which is going to be continued by Chairman Schiff at the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, that's just one of them. I think they'll do a lot there. I might even get called back. So I've got to keep my powder dry in my legal fund because I'll need attorneys at my side when they do that. But I'm just a witness and uh, as partisan as they will be, uh, I'll treat them with respect. Uh, even if they don't treat me with respect, I'll answer their questions if I choose to go. Because after spending so much time and money on this bogus investigation, maybe my attorney will say I shouldn't. I'll do whatever my attorneys say. But then you've got all the investigations into the Trump family, the Trump businesses, you know, uh, over, you know, just, you know, Donald Trump's tax returns, which what the heck are they going to find in there, right? They're not going to find anything. There are dozens of these investigations, and I think in the end, the days of the Mueller investigation when the House was in control of the Republicans will look like an easier time than what we're about to enter into. I think it's safe for the Mueller investigation to end now 
if in fact you believe in the deep state, deep state conspiracy here, and the more we hear from Andrew McCabe, the more I believe in the deep state. You know, if you believe that the Mueller t team was assembled in order to, to uh, hopefully discover a crime on the president's part, set him up for impeachment, and to tie the hands of his administration so that they could uh, not, you know, implement the president's policies, the Mueller investigation has been successful. And now that the House is under control of the Democrats and the committees are all staffed up and the investigations have begun, the Mueller investigation, if you believe in that conspiracy, it's safe now to end it because I think we're entering into a stage where we'll probably have two or three times the, investiga the investigations into the president. And they're going to go much further than Mueller because say what you will about Bob Mueller. I don't think Bob Mueller was ever going to get into the socks of in the president's family, uh, dig into the underwear drawer of Melania and try and uh, go through the, you know, the transformer collection of of Barron Trump. But now we're headed there with the House investigations. Of course we are. I think the president's administration is going to have to. Uh, fight this off even harder than the Mueller investigation, which was being governed by statutes and, you know, the Department of Justice and guidelines. And, you know, like him or not, you know, Bob Mueller isn't uh, the wild man that that, uh, let's say, for example, Maxine Waters is. But of course, she is the chairperson of the House Financial Services Committee and will be conducting her own investigations. So now we leave the realm of relative sanity. Uh principally guided investigation uh, that is now being concluded, and we're entering into a world of nut jobs and investigations being driven by pure and absolute partisan politics. The end of the Mueller investigation is something we've all looked forward to, my family, yours maybe, certainly the Trump family, the Trump White House, the Trump organization, but... I think it gets worse from here. It doesn't get worse for my family. You know, we've been through, what, uh, plus 200,000 plus in legal fees. Thankfully, most of those, you know, all of that has been paid for by uh, uh, donors. About 8,000 people donated at least, you know, I'm on average about 50 bucks to make sure that I could pay my legal fees and help others pay their legal fees. And we're going to be eternally grateful. In fact, I've never, since my GoFundMe was set up, you know, just under a year ago, I've never gotten a legal bill. I've never seen uh, uh, the money going out. The legal bills go to my trustees and they're paid. And so the actual legal fees really haven't, you know, damaged our family. They did initially. I had to, you know, liquidate my kid's college fund and, and, and had to skip some mortgage payments to get things moving. But all that returned to our family. And financially, we're whole, at least from the direct expense side. But then the opportunity costs were pretty great. You know, every single cent we had was de devoted to just living, just paying the mortgage, getting the food, you know, uh, making sure my kids had what they needed to go to school to pay the tuitions and, and things of that sort. We, you know, now that my business has been destroyed because, you know, public relations, that's about good news, putting together good news for your clients. And it's hard to get good news from a public relations agency that is under siege of a federal investigation. Even as a witness, it didn't matter. If you check social media anywhere, especially on Twitter, 
And, you know, for the first few minutes after I appear on CNN, you can't uh, you can't believe the tirades that go on. Traitor off to jail. You look good in orange, Michael. These people don't even know what the difference between a witness and a target of an investigation is. I have never been more than a witness. But nevertheless, the opportunity costs of losing client after client and not being considered by new business opportunities, they're pretty great. So, you know, my, we, my family's had to give up on uh, any kind of regularity of vacations. We were able to drive down to Florida last year, which was great. Uh, but, uh, you know, my kids, you know, they didn't get what your kids got. You know, maybe they did. I don't know. I don't know what kind of house finances, home finances you have. I'm, you know, I don't think you're probably any worse off or any better off than me. Most people who listen to my podcast, at least from what I understand from the people who write to me, are from the middle class background that my family's from, working class background. But again, we get to start all over, the Caputo family. And that's great. I'm happy about that. But what's next? What's next for us? What's next for you? What's next for Donald Trump? Stay tuned, right? Because who knows? Who knows what the future is going to bring? Let's check out the Mueller report summary when it comes out. Let's discuss it. Hopefully it's next week. Hopefully these news reports are right. And I hope you have a great day. All right, Michael Caputo for still standing. You're going to have to tune in again, I hope, uh, because next week should be really good. Have a great day and uh, take care. <laughs>